Yeah, so um, the most important things that you need to know with the Burr method is what LTV you're going to be able to refinance the property for and what the ARV is of the property. So you find a property that is, let's say it's $100,000 fixed up. Some lender, you find a hard money lender so you can close the deal quickly and incentivize the seller to sell for a lower price. So you can pay cash basically. Right, yeah, pay cash. Um, so you get the lender, some lenders will lend you 100% of the deal with the rehab, some will lend you 60%. So it's just about finding the right lender that will, um, ideally you want 100%, obviously. <laughs> Welcome to Real Estate Deal Closers with Annette Talee, where we focus on the deals. Our guests are real estate closers who will share in detail the whole process from finding a deal to closing it, as well as strategies and tips to help you do the same. Here is your host, Annette Talee. Welcome to another episode of Deal Closers. I am your host, Annette Talee, and our guest today is Alisa McCleary. Welcome. Thank you. So I know Alisa because she organizes an amazing meetup and uh, that's how we got to know each other. And uh, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. Alisa McCleary is an Ohio native who has been living in South Florida for about four years. After college, she knew that she really wanted to work for herself. Through acquaintances and family members, she was exposed to the world of real estate investing and saw the potential for wealth building and financial independence through many different facets. In the two years since she bought her first property, she has been able to acquire 12 units through Palm Beach County and Columbus, Ohio, utilizing the Burr method. Uh, welcome, Alisa. So tell me a little bit about yourself and, and about how you know your family influenced your uh, your real estate um so right after in 2008 right after the crash um my dad's always been handy um he he is an engineer so after the crash he saw the potential for flipping so he started doing that and parlayed that into a, a commercial construction business so in the beginning when I was in high school, um, I would, you know, see him flipping the properties and working on them and stuff. And I didn't take that much from it because it was like so much work because he was the contractor. And I didn't really understand the, the numbers and the money he was making from it. I just knew that he was always working 16 hours a day and coming home sweaty and everything. <laughs> um, so I didn't think much about it until... Uh, I was in my senior year of college and his girlfriend was buying one condo every year and she was about 15 years from retirement. So she was buying one a year every year for the next 15 years so that she can retire. They would all be paid off and that would be her retirement income. So I was like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. You can do that. So when I came to Florida, um, I was by myself. So I had a lot of time to learn. And I, I read all kinds of books and podcasts and stuff about just general personal development and finance. And what really got me hooked on it was the bigger pockets stuff. So um, I started going to networking events. And my favorite one that I went to was uh, John Huber and uh, down in Delray, the Gizzy's Coffee. Absolutely. I just interviewed him too. 
Oh, okay. It's awesome. Yes. That is honestly where I've met like the majority of the people that are in my network now. Um, I guess in the beginning, but yeah, so I started going there probably like six months after I was going consistently. I ended up finding a deal and I found my hard money lender through the group and my realtor. And then just from other information from people, I found the insurance company and um, contractor from Craigslist. And yeah. <laughs> wow. So you started by yourself here in South Florida. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, yeah that's one of the things that I always tell people is to go network because I was doing it for, by myself for five years and I only started networking last year and it has made such a big difference in my investing, you know, connecting to people, you know, having other friends where, that you can call and ask questions if you're doing something and you know that this other person is doing it too. You can just, you know, if you know them, if you've seen them constantly, you know, every week or every month, depending on the meetups, um, you get to become friends and you can ask them questions and they help you. They are so happy to help you. So definitely networking is basic. Yeah. All right. The deal. So tell me what deal are we going to talk about today? Um, so I will talk about my first deal. Um, that one, I bought it with hard money, like I said. So we, I basically was putting out probably two dozen offers a week for a couple months. And just um, at the time as well, I got, I was getting quotes on interest rates of like 7%, which is not what it ended up being for like, you know, once I refinance. Um, so I was like, oh, wow, like I have to get this so low for it to work. So I was just putting out super low offers all the time. And finally, what type of, what type of asset is it? Uh, they were all single families or duplexes. Um, yeah, ones like that. Um, okay, so we just sending out, you know, dozens of offers a week for a couple months. And then finally, one got accepted. So we went and did the inspection um, and then renegotiated after the inspection because the roof needed replaced and that kind of stuff. So I, instead of just going through my realtor to negotiate the price, I sent them a letter like with it. So it said, you know, dear Mr. Blah, 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 blah. I want to move forward with this deal. I wasn't aware of the roof issues and, you know, some other things. And due to these, this new information, I have to renegotiate the price. Um, this is the cost of the repairs, but I'm willing to split split it with you. So it was like 18,000. So I was like, let's just take 9,000 off the price. And they said, okay. Um, so then we closed on that and I didn't do that much to it. I think I put maybe 11,000 into it total. Um, it was just like some baseboards, some painting, um, you know, just kind of the unsafe stuff and, you know, doing the yard at the time when I bought it, the ARV was 145. But when I refinanced it six months later, it came back at 183. So it was really awesome because I put, you know, I basically got a house for free that makes money every month. So I used that money to buy a fourplex and um, just basically keep recycling your money. So let, let's dive in into this deal. So it, it's a single family home. Mm -hmm right? 
And you bought it for how much? 112. 112. And then you put 11,000 into it? Yeah. All right, so that would be 123. And then it was appraised at how much? Uh, 183, I believe. 183. Wow, so you got like 60,000 equity. Yeah. How long was the, the holding period that you have this house? Uh, when I refinanced it? Only six months. Six months, but you were able to rent it. Oh, right. right. Yeah, they, there's the same renters in there since I bought it. So it's in Lake Worth. Lake Worth is a really easy to place to get renters in my experience. Mm -hmm. So uh, since I've had that one, I focus a lot on Lake Worth. I really like it out there. And it seems like it's changing a lot. For the better, I hope. <laughs> Definitely for the better. <laughs> That's awesome. So for people that don't know how the BRRRR system works, can you tell us what it means and how, you know, the steps to it, like with your, with your first property? Yeah, so um, the most important things that you need to know with the Burr method is what LTV you're going to be able to refinance the property for and what the ARV is of the property. So you find a property that is, let's say it's $100,000 fixed up. Some lender, you find a hard money lender so you can close the deal quickly and incentivize the seller to sell for a lower price. So you can pay cash basically. Right. Yeah. Pay cash. Um, so you get the lender. Some lenders will lend you a hundred percent of the deal with the rehab. Some will lend you 60%. So it's just about finding the right lender that will, um, ideally you want a hundred percent, obviously. Definitely. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's hundred percent of the price plus the, um, rehab. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So do they have a, like a minimum percentage on, you know, the after, uh, mark, after repairs value for, for, to give you the hundred percent? Yeah. So most lenders don't want to lend more than 70 to 75% of the property's ARV. So meaning if a property fixed up is worth a hundred thousand, most lenders don't want to lend you more than 70,000 on it total. So um, what I like about that is what I like about using hard money lenders, although it's expensive, it, 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 at, when you're a newbie, it's good to have that buffer because they won't lend you more money than what you can pay back, ideally, if, if they know what they're doing. Right. So if a lender doesn't want to lend you the amount of money you need, then it's like, okay, well, you probably, probably don't have a deal. <laughs> So, so the property that you bought, you bought it for uh, 112 and they gave you all that money or did you have to put some money down? Um, since it was his first deal, this was Bob Rasler. Um, it was his first deal too. So he did 80%, 80% of the purchase price. And then I did the rehab out of pocket. I, I didn't even ask about funding the rehab because I didn't realize I could do that until like a year later. Um, so maybe I could have, but it, it worked out either way. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So it's uh, the bare method is buy rehab. Rent. Oh yeah. Buy rehab. <laughs> rent. Then rent and rehab. refinance. Mm -hmm. Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So once you fix it up, um, then you rent it. And then once you have that income and you can prove for six months that you have that income, then you can refinance the property. 
Yeah, and the other thing is the banks will accept 80% of the income from the rental as additional income. So uh, a lot of the times people ask me, you know, I, I don't make that much money. How would I get approved for another mortgage? And the answer to that is they'll count 80% of the income towards, towards you when they're underwriting. So um, it, as long as you are at least at the 1.2% rule, then you're fine. Okay. And so what's your plan with this property? What did you do? What was your exit strategy? Were you planning to keep it, sell it? Um, I keep all my properties. I haven't sold one. So um, I, my plan was always to burr it. And I just got lucky with how much I was able to pull out of it. Because not only was did I get a good deal, but the market changed significantly too. And it still is. So that was, that was a good move. <laughs> but I don't really, um, I guess unless I was presented with like a, amazing offer to flip a property it i would be it would be hard for me to sell something because i'm my whole intention with this is to build up the passive income and be able to focus on whatever i want after that so i'm not somebody who is trying to make the quick money with flipping mm -hmm. um but also that's a good way to build up your capital so yeah i'm a big uh, supporter of the burr <laughs> So uh, you're planning to keep doing, is that what you're <clears throat> focusing on? Just doing birds? Um, yeah, pretty much. I have, I do, I have the fourplex and every month when I'm looking at my statements, I'm like, man, this makes so much more money than the, than the single families. So I want to, I'm moving more into that direction, but at the same time, there's a higher barrier to entry. So I'll get there, but so far it's been the burr. And, you know, whenever an opportunity presents itself, now that I've found 100% lenders, um, it's really if, if a deal, if I find a deal, it, it, there's no reason I wouldn't do it. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with 100%. I mean, right now is a time where they say the money is everywhere. You just need to find the deal. You know, the deal yeah. is what's, you know, hard to find. That's where we are in the cycle. Mm -hmm. um, so absolutely, yeah. Um, I want to have a hundred percent financing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So when you talk about multifamily, are you trying to to go into the, the larger buildings, or do you want to stay in the smaller multifamily? I definitely want to do the bigger ones. Um, at the beginning of last year, I was really gung ho about that, and that's all I was reading and listening to. And that kind of just building up my network on that side um, in the Columbus area as well. So what I love about the multifamily model is how the value of it, you have a lot more control. Mm -hmm. um, the cap rate obviously is market controlled, but your, in, your NOI, your net operating income, mm -hmm. you can play with that a lot more to, to increase the value of your property. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I love about multifamily too. You know, it, it doesn't depend on the comparable, you know, necessarily of the, the house that's sold next to you or if you have a really bad house next to you that is, you know, lowering your value. It, it really focuses on the income and the expenses and it, that's something that you, you can control. Mm -hmm. So, you know, definitely it's better. And are you managing these properties yourself or are you hiring management? 
Um, I have management up in Columbus. The two down here in Lake Worth, I do myself. Um, they've been really easy because when I first, you know, got the first renter in there, they really don't, they pay and they don't need repairs or anything. So it's been really easy. I keep telling myself as soon as these ones get difficult, these, the houses in Lake Worth, then I would hire one. But so far, it's just been pretty smooth sailing. So it's been good for me to keep that extra money in my pocket. But for the fourplex up in Columbus, that is a lot of work. So the property manager is definitely well worth the, uh, the management fee. And how did you find this property management? Uh, that was through a re referral. Yeah, because sometimes it's hard to find a good property management uh, company that will handle the property properly and they are not going to charge you with all kinds of fees. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the first one I had, I did everything right in hiring them. I went to the, um, I want to say I found it from Multifamily Millions. Um, I went to the website, whatever the property management websites are they, that, that like accredit them or something. So I went to both of those. And somehow I, oh, I called each one of them and the ones who got back to me within 24 hours are the ones that I continued with. And then there was some there, I put, you know, put all these like barriers to, to find the ones I was going to hire. So then finally I got down to two that I was um, going to interview when I was in town. So I did that, ended up choosing this one guy and he did not work out. I think I fired him after like four months or something. So he put bad tenants in there. Like I had to go through and three evictions because of the people he put in there. That's maybe a lot. Yeah, because you know the residual. It's like if you have a bad property manager who just puts anybody in there, they will cost you so much money over you know the next two years. So it's tenant screening is super important. I totally agree. Um, wow, but three evictions out of four. That's that's really bad. Yeah, yeah. It's, so how did, what, what did you do different when you hired this second property manager? Um, well, this one was just through a referral, and I didn't think it was going to work out because I was like, oh, I didn't do all my, like, you know, screening and all that kind of stuff. But it's actually worked out well. It's just a flat fee. So, um, you know, I know what to expect every month. Um, there's not really any additional fees other than tenant placement so the money comes in they seem to communicate with them and like care about them as people so that's important too you want somebody who is is a people person <laughs> that's so, i don't know it's more of just the gut feeling yeah absolutely expert tips All right, so now we are in the part of the show where, when you're going to give me your tips. So Alisa is going to give us uh, tips on how to start a meetup. Okay, so I was really lucky with um, arranging my meetup because I had somebody in my co-working office that was a marketing guy who um, runs really good meetups. So he gave me a lot of advice, um, Sam Edwards. <laughs> uh, so... The three tips I would give is one, to use all social media platforms. So I advertise on the Chamber of Commerce, Bigger Pockets, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, and then anybody who shows interest in helping me. 
at the meetups, I'll ask them to share it on theirs. After the event, uh, posting a photo so that we can tag everybody and they can share it on their own platforms. Um, the other thing I would say is don't, this is not how everybody runs their group, but this is, I knew what kind of atmosphere I wanted to create at mine. So I would say invest money up front for your meetup group for decorations or games or food, um, just things to make it a little bit different and less dry. And then once you're putting on great events, you can attract sponsors who will then take over, um, the, the funding part of it. So then you just continue to be a good organizer and keep your sponsors happy and keep people coming back. And then people, the attendees get um, exposed to different businesses that are, that could be helpful to them. And the sponsors are able to promote their businesses. So um, that, that's been good as well. The last thing, um, I think you told me three already. Use social media, invest to be different, a different meetup, and then get sponsors. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. We have a. Do we have a bonus one? <laughs> I thought I had a third one in my head, and I forgot to write it down. Um, yeah. Well, that's the three. <laughs> if I remember. So like. how, how did you engage sponsors? Like what? You know, how many people did you have at your meetup that, you know, sponsors were like, oh, I, I want to advertise with you or I want to sponsor your event? I approach them. So, um, which is like, you know, you only get like 10% of people to respond to you. <laughs> so you just have to not be afraid to send people a bunch of messages. Um, I would say you want to wait for a couple events so that you can show them uh, documentation of people being there and the previous groups you know, different speakers that you have. Um, so yeah, I'm still, I'm still trying to court more sponsors, but we do, we're, we're starting a different meetup group um, that's going to include men and women. So this last one I was doing is for women only, it's Invest Her. And there's one in Fort Lauderdale as well that is run by Rita. Um, so I wanted to kind of expand my reach and, you know, have an audience of men and women. So it's going to be called Brick by Brick, and we don't have the meetup page yet. We're getting the logo created, but our next event's going to be end of March. Awesome. Probably by the time that we release this, we're going to have that uh, page so we can include it on the, on the release. Perfect. <laughs> I am very excited for you because, you know, her meetup is amazing. I was there a couple of weeks ago uh, on a Monday night, and there were so many people. I would say at least 40 people were in your meetup, and it's like you said, you do invest on making it different and, you know, people remember that and they love to go to your event. Thank you. And I love also the quality of uh, speakers that you're bringing. Yeah. Yeah. Our last one, she did a great job. She was amazing. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for uh, joining me on this uh, interview and uh, all the success to you. And thank you for adding value to my audience. <laughs> thank you so much. Oh, let me ask you, where can people find you? Oh, um, I use LinkedIn the most. So my LinkedIn name is Alyssa McCleary. Um, I assume that's going to be with the title. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you want to find Alyssa, just hit LinkedIn and, uh, and, you know, ask her to connect with her. Thank you so much, Alyssa. Thank you. Have a good one. 
This was Real Estate Deal Closers with Annette Talee, brought to you by Talee Investments. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Our goal is to provide amazing value on your real estate journey. Connect online at www.taleeinvestments.com where you can find this episode and more. Did you like this episode? Subscribe, like, and share.